Gather around friends, new and old, and welcome to the Pow Wow Podcast. We are your hosts, David. And Philip. Ooh, he's excited. <laughs> and uh, I'm excited. It's a very exciting it episode is... we got ahead of us. Yeah, it is. I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, these this is the these are the episodes that I that I live for for sure when we get to when we get to talk to people. How's how's your week been? I I have some big news. Do you? I have some big news. I have some very annoying small news. Uh my AC in my car right now is down, which in 117 degree Arizona means that I will now be losing weight this week. Hey, congratulations to me. <laughs> Yikes. My news is that I got my first shot of Pfizer today. Wow. I'm okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Great. Great for you. I just want to, I want to tell the listeners, um, I think you should go out and purchase a windows computer. And one of the best ways to really, really indulge and, and get off is to, is to just use Microsoft office. Microsoft Office is the way to spend your free time. And uh, yeah, maybe a Windows phone to top it all off. I see. I see your uh, your <laughs> jokes are are as nuanced as ever, but I but I, I love it. I love it. Uh, too cheap. Is that right? Uh, no, I believe his name's Two Chains. No. Oh, oh. let's move on. Let's move on. Let's, let's get on to the this. real stuff of the episode. This week we have a very special episode, a very special guest coming on. I really look forward to these episodes where we get to talk to other people, someone other than Philip for once, um, <laughs> where, I, where we get to interview someone who uh, usually is an artist and has a lot to share. And we get to share with the listeners a, a little bite-sized chunk of uh, the the life of an artist and this week we have someone who is one probably one of the most inspiring people that I met in my in my entire time in Los Angeles she is a fellow international artist just like me and she has just taken LA by storm and I I don't know what else I can say other than to introduce her uh, her name is Veronica welcome Veronica Hi. Oh my God. That intro. I was like, is that me? Veronica, <laughs> okay. you have Thank a you lot so to do. I know. I'm like, oh my God. Great. Thank you so much for that, David. Well, Veronica, yeah, of course. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us today. And I think with these, it's probably best if we start to start by getting to know you a little bit as, as a person. Mm-hmm. If you don't mind, uh, we've got a we've got a big slate actually here for to for with which to explore uh, you and and currently what you're working on. Why don't we start mm-hmm. out by just getting to know you? Um, I, we've got a couple questions. Me and David both have different flavors when it taught when it comes to hey, setting interview questions. So mine might be a little bit more loose than David. He's pretty professional when it comes to these things. Um, <laughs> also, got it. <laughs> he was trained at AMDA, so I get it. That's true. That's true. He's he's of the utmost profession. Um, <laughs> I'm going to start us out. Who or what is the single greatest source of inspiration for the way you want to live your life? Oh. Way I want to live my life. Because I, I feel like it could be career taken yeah. that way, but not necessarily. Some people very much just enjoy the direction of life of just living day to day. And so I didn't want to make it career specific if, if you want to take it somewhere else. Mm, yeah. Wow. 
if I think of career specific people, I do have, uh, you know, all the role models. Uh, I think life wise, I think I just have an idea of the kind of life I want to have, which is just, and, and this, maybe David can understand this, is being able to do what I love all over the world. So not being stuck either in LA, but not being stuck at home, but being able to travel and pursue my creative endeavors, but still being able to be with my family. But if I want to come to LA, I can. And having that creative freedom. I think that's the, the goal. And yeah, I think that's a life, that's a life perspective I can give you. I can't think of someone that I know specifically that I'm like, I want your life. Cause I, I really try not to, I try not to do that. Cause it's like, you can't have their life. You have to have your own. So just try to build it how you want it. So I don't know. Is that a lame answer? No, no. Using <laughs> not at you all. Know, group sourcing your way to happiness is is admirable. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. What was your first ever experience as an actress? You're talking Ooh. the earliest mm. four years old. Were you ever a tree or maybe a piece of grass <laughs> in a local villager number six? Place? Wow. I actually was Nala in The Lion King at age five. Yes, I was already a lead. Um, I I have this vivid memory. Um, My first year of elementary school, we we had a production of The Lion King. Um, And I remember being Nala and just having this feeling of like, yo, I really want to do this forever. (laughs) Is this a real thing? But in, in Italy, it's not a real thing. Like truly, I didn't know anyone who was an actor or, or, or did anything in the, in the industry, you know, there's no real industry in Italy, to be honest. So I just kept it kind of secret, but I remember that was the seed of my passion for what I'm doing now. And it was kind of early. Yeah. It was a good time. Have you kept those cat-like reflexes to this day? Were you a method actor when it came to your inspired uh, portrayal of Nala? Uh, I think I've built upon that. Okay. I think I've just built my (laughs) toolkit a little more, but yeah, that was great training already. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, Veronica, what makes you happy and brings you joy? I'm an extreme extrovert. Actually, that's a great catchphrase. I should use that. Extreme extrovert. Extreme so, extrovert. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I love doing things with people, which was why the pandemic was uh, not easy for me. Mm. Um, so anything that brings me in a space with other humans, I just love that. It just gives me so much energy. Uh, anything that has to do with movement. I, I have a background as an athlete. So if I'm doing anything physical with other folks, I'm just like, yes, I this is what I needed today. I'm not a very like lay on the couch kind of gal. I'm a go on a hike with 10 people kind of person. Yeah, I, I, I for one can also enjoy a good game of Twister as much as going up <laughs> yeah. and, and performing a, a piece from Greece. Uh, karaoke, either way, as long as you're up and active, I can understand uh, why that mm. would bring you lo- loads of joy. We do, you, I know you touched on this already. Are you much of a world traveler? And what is your number one recommendation for vacation for American listeners? And then there's a follow-up question. Um, where would you want to set a feature film 
a future feature film that you may write one day? Wow. Okay. So yes, I am a world traveler. I'm always going to plug Italy, obviously, because I'm from Italy. Obviously. Um, you know, a lot of Americans tend to go to the big cities uh, like Rome, Milan, Florence, which, you know, they're incredible. I think there's all these beautiful little towns in Sicily and also in the north. So in the region of Liguria, that they're just so quaint and that's real Italy. It's not like the big cities that are very cosmopolitan. So yeah, just pick a small town and just and go, go there, eat. hang out. Yeah. Go eat <laughs> all the things, please. Yeah. So that's my, my recommendation for a vacation. I, I don't um, have this in my, in my source of questions here, Veronica, but do you have mm-hmm. an old grandma who makes everything from scratch, who feeds the entire family <laughs> in Italy? That, that is the stereotypical Italian grandmother. Not really. I have oh. to say, oh, <laughs> well, I, but I'm sure, you, you know, know, my grandma, yeah. Yeah. No, 100%. And this is the thing. My grandma's used to make me make us a lot of food, but not that stereotypical grandma that spends the whole day cooking for a thousand people. I think like the culture in in families, uh, in Italian families, varies a lot from region to region, which is something people don't realize in the U.S. Um, Depending on where you're from, you have very different traditions. Your family dynamics can be very different. And what you're talking about is something that it's more that happens more in the South, where a lot of people just stay in their town and you have the whole family in the same block. You know, I'm from the north, so people tend to to go places and travel. And yeah, they're a little less, uh, I don't know. We are a tight knit, but we're not like every Sunday we have a, a family lunch. Like we don't have that, at least my family. Whenever you're talking about like a group of family, I do associate people uh, who live in Italy, it's it's very well renowned that they are a tight, strong group. So that it makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense um, what you're saying. Uh, I'm curious if, if we can start uh, leaning into your work life a little bit more. Which mm-hmm. of the different categories of film work? Whoa, do you- whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on a second. Yeah. Where would you <laughs> set your future feature film, Veronica? Oh, yeah, I was right, like, wait, I think right. I... I'm sorry, Veronica. I did cut him off. That's okay. We went on a tangent. Me, <laughs> <laughs> that is such a great question because I keep thinking of the next thing I want to do. And that is uh, exactly like the first thing that I thought where I'm going to set it. I I used to be a like a high level sailing athlete and I really want to write uh, like a, yeah, like a teen female comedy film about a young female sailor like I was at like age 14 or whatever, but set in Italy and all the the drama and the the stuff that goes through being kind of a professional athlete at that age in a sport that people don't necessarily know that much about. And in Italy, where teen life is very different from what we know uh, from movies in the U.S. And I think it would be really really interesting to show that. So I think I would set it where I used to sail, which is Lake Como and San Remo, which is in, in the Mediterranean region, uh, between those uh, in, in those areas. Because when you're in Italy, you travel a lot by train. It's not like, oh, I'm in Milan all the time. So that area would be where I would set it. Veronica, thank you for helping me ease David's uh, necessities over here. Not only did he get, he got the location of it, he got the future, like, 
insight to what the script would be about. He got sailing as well. You're you're welcome. He got all the pitch. He got he got the I'm entire happy. elevator I'm pitch. Happy. Um, <laughs> Veronica, which uh, as I was saying, which is uh, which of the different categories of film work do you identify the most with? Because David's let me know that you're pretty much associated with all the terms that an artist can be in film. Wait, are you talking about what kind of uh, genre or what kind of role, role I take? Yeah, role as actor, producer, director. Uh, oh, interesting. Yeah. Maybe yeah. cinematographer. De- oh, definitely not that. <laughs> <laughs> Although one day, maybe. I'm definitely an actor. I am definitely a writer and a producer. And I am a budding director as well. I'm trying to flex this, that muscle often as I can. But when you're acting, writing, producing, <laughs> taking on the director hat can be too much at times. So that's usually the last thing I, I try to take on just because I, I, I care about the product so much that I don't want to f- it up by doing seven different jobs. Veronica, have you ever been late to set? And why? And what were the consequences? <laughs> oh God, man, there's. Uh, I probably have, but like a couple minutes. Like I don't ever remember being late. Late, like this is a huge problem. Like half an hour late or something. I've probably been late, like two or three minutes and feeling like absolute trash and like I'm going to be fired. Um, but it was fine. I, I tend to be someone who is late. <laughs> I kind of hate that about myself, but for those things, I know it's extremely important to be on time. So I will do my damnness to not be late. <laughs> now there's that AMDA training through and through. That's the education that you pay uh, for yes. right there. Exactly. Sick to your stomach for being late. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Veronica, where do your best writing ideas come from? As you've already mentioned that you're a very inspired writer. Where do do they come from? Do they just, you're walking around to eat an ice cream cone and you're like, you know what? I think I should do a a, a film in in Iceland. Hollywood is lacking, is lacking movies about ice cream. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Well, let me think. I... Definitely things that I get inspiration from things that I am kind of pissed about or I think uh, I want I want to talk about something and I want to reframe the perspective on something. And, and a lot of that has to do with women because I'm a woman and I'm I, I think I'm in the process of unlearning a lot of that I was. Oh, can I can I cuss on this? Podcast? Be be as comfortable as you want. You're in the trust tree, okay. and you can trust that I will edit you out. <laughs> oh shoot! Uh, okay, great. We love we, so, love we love the bleeps on this on yes, this podcast. Yes, so feel okay. free to say as much as you want, as long as you're comfortable with it. I got your back. Awesome. F- yes. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, things that really bother me. And I'm learning all of this stuff as I, you know, grow more into an adult human uh, woman. And the more I learn things, the more I'm pissed about them. And I feel like I was deceived in a way as I was growing up. And I think I want to I just want to talk about them in a way that it's not I'm not preaching at anyone. I just want people to be challenged uh, and maybe question things. Yeah, you want to spur a conversation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think a lot of my ideas come from that of like, okay, so this is something new that I'm 
thinking about that I'm exploring how to how do I make my audience also uh, you know formulate question on this thing so I, I know that that's this is a very philosophical answer and it's not like I'm walking down the street and I see a bird and now I'm writing a thing about no, a bird. this is precisely what I wanted and the fact that it comes from a good quality place that I, I think that only ushers inspiration for people who mm-hmm. want to create what they know about what what brings them emotions and that comes from a very genuine place Veronica I, I, I find mm-hmm. that very inspiring thank you thank you so much Veronica do you try to stay connected with theater while your film life seems to be racing forward uh, at the speed of sound? <laughs> and uh, which which would you say fulfills you more as an artist? I love theater so much, and I've done quite a bit of it uh, because I worked in New York for a year before coming out to L.A. And then I did a lot of theater in L.A. too. I've always been doing theater. I never was like, you no, I'm done with this. <laughs> And I always want to be on stage. I think it's, as an actor, that is the best place to be. I think actors are lying when they're like, yeah, I I don't like theater. I just love film. Unless they've never done it, I, I can't believe it. But if you've done it, you just, you get to be, to embody a different life for like two hours or three hours. And there's nothing like it as someone who likes to, be someone else for a little bit. Like when you, when you get into filmmaking, you just understand that you're going to be doing stop and go the whole time, you know, and that is often not that fun is often not that easy. You know, there's not the same flow when you're on in a theater production where you just get to step into those shoes and you're like, okay, this is, I'm this character for the rest of the show. You don't get to do that in film. And and it can be quite frustrating as someone who loves to do that. Yeah, I will always be a theater lover for the rest of my life. (laughs) You know, Veronica, I uh, I know we're going to be running up up against time here. Um, Veronica, tips and or tricks for writer's block. I know that's something that can affect a lot of people. Shoot, even if you're just writing a very long email to your boss about the the donuts and coffee situation in, in room, the conference room or something, it, uh, that, mm. it, it can affect all of us, but I'm sure right. that you've, you've had to overcome that, especially when writing a coherent story or series in, in the later case that we'll be talking about. How do you overcome that? I think there's a, a couple things I do when I'm in that space. First of all, I really try not to say... I have writer's block. Like when you say that, it's like, first steps. It, yeah. To it, Veronica. You, you. <laughs> <laughs> because to me, it's kind of, it's like, no, you're, you're making an excuse. Cause truly you could take a piece of paper and write something down. You know what I mean? Like practically you can write, you just are struggling with whatever you're working on right now. But you're not blocked, you know, you're just not doing it, which, you know, it's totally valid, like the reasons why, but I I really try not to tell people I have writer's block right now. Cause why say that? Just like, okay, find ways to make yourself right. So one thing that I learned about myself, which was kind of uh, life changing is that if I block out like three hours at a time, it has to be a minimum of three hours. It can't be two. And I allow myself to sit 
there in front of my laptop and it may be for the first hour I'm not writing anything at some point something will come out if I try to rush it and I'm like okay I have an hour and I have to write something I will just be anxious about that ticking clock but if I have three hours and I'm like this is what I'm doing like even if I write one sentence that is enough I don't know what happens at minute 45 or one hour but something clicks and I think it's just my brain uh, needing the time to think things through and then be like, you know what, let me just go with this idea. And I don't know what it is, but I've just learned that if I give myself that chunk of time, something will happen. And just having that being confirmed over and over just gave me the the confidence to be like, it's fine. I know you're scared that you don't know what's going to happen in the next scene just sit down and in the next three hours, you know you will write something. That's trick number one. Another thing is if you're really stuck on whatever material you're working on, I mean, specifically for filmmaking, watch something that sparks awe. So there's a couple of like shows and movies that I absolutely love. And whenever I watch them, I'm just like, why didn't I make that, (laughs) you know? And I just- It has nothing to do with what you're currently writing. Yeah, because it just reminds me of, you know what it is? It just sparks these, my neurons in my brain, you know? It just makes me inspired somehow. And it just reminds me of why what I'm doing is so damn cool. Um, And it just gets me out of my funk. So watch good art, even if it's, you know, going to see your friend's theater show that maybe it's not even that great, but it's still like, okay, people are making stuff. I can do this. And that takes me to the last little trick, which is just write that first draft. It doesn't have to be good. Honestly, I always feel like I I don't ever want to try to write good stuff. I always want to just write something and then I'll rewrite it, rewrite it, rewrite it, get feedback, rewrite it. If you try to write something good, especially at the beginning, you're just not going to write it because you you just can't. It has to be for a while. So accepting that and being like, okay, it's fine. Just write something. We'll get you writing. Those are my three. There's the golden piece of advice. It's going to be for a while just just do it. it will especially if you have high yeah. standards and you love it so much yeah. it, it yeah. won't be amazing it just won't you know and it's totally yeah. okay because it will be at some point so last question before we move on to some some very exciting stuff is there a director or a fellow actor or a writer out there that you would love to work with or work under in the future i think this is a this is a tough question for me at least i i, I think because I idolize Christopher Nolan and mm. Tom Hanks, say, and Brad Pitt, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I could ever really work with them because I would, I don't know if I could handle their judgment. Ooh. Maybe <laughs> I, I'm sure I could, but, but that's the way I see it. But there's gotta be someone, um, there's definitely a lot of people I want to work with who would, uh, is there anyone that you would love to work with in the future? Yeah. I have a couple idols where I'm trying to follow their lead and just do what they did. (laughs) You know, one of them is Greta Gerwig. She started out as an actor in the indie space. Yeah. And then she started writing and making her own stuff. And I think she has a very different approach than me in her process. I mean, I've listened to a lot of interviews. She's way more, I want to say messy 
and just, I guess, quintessentially artsy with her process and much more analytical. And I think working with her would be super fun because she'd make me do things in ways that are very different than the way I usually work. I'd kill to work with her. Another one that I am obsessed with is um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, uh, also actor, yeah. writer. Yeah, I'm obsessed with her. Um, <laughs> so I would love to, to, I don't know, to meet her and be like, can I be in your thing, please? <laughs> your new, uh, your new uh, understudy or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Literally make me be a tree in your thing and I'll be stoked. <laughs> There's there's no 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 use in in delaying any longer. You have a very exciting project in the works and it is called Imposter, Imposter the mm-hmm. series. Yeah. And uh I'll just keep it simple. What is Imposter? All right. It's a six-part dramedy series about a down-on-her-luck painter who is desperate to get noticed. So she steals this outrageous idea from her ex-boyfriend and turns it into an extra-feminist performance art piece that makes her go viral for all the wrong reasons. That's That was the logline. What a, what a, yeah, what a logline. That's amazing. <laughs> and, and so you are... Not only you not only wrote this, but you are also going to be starring in this. Uh, what is yeah. what role uh, do you play within the story? Planning to play the lead, and uh, yeah, I wrote it. I'm producing it, uh, which honestly just means that it's my project. So I'm I'm making sure it's happening. I do have another producer who is more savvy on the business side. We may get more producers because. For the listeners out there, producer is a term that is used for a, a lot of different jobs. Um, yeah. So you may have a there, ton of producers. Have like, yeah. You have a variety of different types of line producer and and executive producer and and creative producer and mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's it's, it's a very ambiguous role, but there's usually yeah. several on any Coffee one project. Producer. that's probably a production assistant Ah, but you know still in the same umbrella yeah producer that's you phil (laughs) yes yes uh, on down a daily basis (laughs) where did the idea come from the idea came from a lot of things I, i i tend to just get different messages from the universe of like the same topic and in different areas of my life. But I think this one came from, we're we're just getting a lot of content and conversations around how women are talked about and portrayed in in media, both uh, fiction and in real life, you know, talking about celebrities and uh, powerful women in, in, in media. And there's just a lot of talk about that. And I think in the last, since the Me Too movement, I think the conversation has changed. And of course, as things change and progress, there's pushback and you know, along with that, we've had a, there's a whole conversation about fake news. And I just started to think about how you can be convinced of the person you are, and then someone else will say the exact opposite of you. And for someone outside of that, uh, you know, dynamic, it's like, okay, what, 
what do I believe? You know, there's a lot of gaslighting involved in how, uh, people talk about women, um, a lot of false things that are being told. And I just started to think about as someone who is in the industry and is trying to become more and more known for my work, you just start to question how do you want to approach that? Right. And if I want to be kind of a trailblazer or say things that are more controversial, uh, and not just go, you know, the safe route, you will encounter pushback. And how does that feel? And what are, I also started thinking like, what are the boundaries, uh, between, you know, this is uh, my work and it's inspired by these people and these experiences. And no, actually I stole this and, um, it's not really mine. And I know this and the other people know this, like, what's the line there? I think it's really hard when you're an artist and you get inspiration from real life and real people. And when you start getting known, people can say all sorts of things about you. And I think you may start questioning them yourself. So yeah, that's, that was a really long answer. Uh, but it's, it's a messy answer because it was just a lot of uh, reflection on a, on a lot of things that were happening in the world and in my life that made me just want to investigate this. And, you know, we're artists, so we investigate through our art. And Veronica, why did you choose a series for this particular idea and concept instead of a feature length film? These this past year and a half, I've just tried to be more and more aware of how the industry works and try to, you know, channel my my craft and my inspiration into more of a business savvy strategy. So, you know, I mentioned Greta Gerwig and Phoebe Waller-Bridge and I've just tried to figure out, okay, what do I want to do and who are the folks who have already done it and how did they do it? Um, and I admire the, these two women that I mentioned. I, I also love Issa Rae, who turned awkward black girl into insecure. And I've just started to notice all these uh, female writers, showrunners, show creators who started with their own indie project and then took it to networks. And because it was already successful and it worked in the independent, in the independent space, they were given a shot in television. Um, and I noticed that more in TV than I noticed that for feature films Hmm. or, or at least that, I don't know, that's what I was watching. That was really inspiring me. Right. So I was like, great. How, how do I do that? And, I was just like, okay, I see these folks creating their own web series and then uh, taking it to networks. Great. So I'm going to do that. And that's, that was kind of the strategy. I, I'm trying to pull Anissa Ray, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and this isn't, this isn't one of our, our pre-prepared questions, but just roughly how long, so six parts, how long is each part intended to be at the moment? Right now we're looking at 10 to 12 minute episodes but we will be getting into another polishing rewrite uh, dream pre-production as these things go, you know, you figure out what the logistics are and you may cut some things and you always want to cut all the fat. So that may be a little less uh, by the end, but that's what we're looking at like 10 minutes. I don't know if I can ask this or if this gives away too much of, of the, the plot itself, but is, uh, and again, this is not what we have in here, but what is it, 
intended to be sequelized? Are, are there more seasons intended or is it a self-encompassing series? You know, you are not the first person to ask that. <laughs> I just find it so funny when I talk about this project, even in the early stages. Mm-hmm. And people were like, oh, okay, are there other seasons? And I'm like, I barely made this one. <laughs> zero, let alone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I think, honestly, my answer is I haven't thought of it. But just like I said, you know, when I was like, what do I do when I have writer's block? I am confident that if I had to create more of this story, I will just give myself those three hour chunks and I will absolutely create more. I I, honestly, I don't, I don't see that a problem, but right now I'm just like so focused on making this, this season work, you know? Right. Uh, So would you say that the ideas and and the the thought and inspiration make this series unique or if not what what specifically makes this story makes this series unique in your mind to other things we've seen okay so there is the, the coolest thing about it i can't talk about it cuz it's like the main twist okay <laughs> it's just a terrible answer but i'm like you guys i'm so excited about this but i have to make it first yes, um, yes, you guys are gonna have, <laughs> we're all going to have to watch it i guess yeah but but i do think the premise itself is like huh okay i don't know i think i've never I've never heard of a series or a movie where it's about the ambition of a young female painter. Um, I think we don't talk about female painters enough. And I just wanted to change that. And I think also female ambition is often not as explored. And I I don't know if it's just me, but I'm full of ambition. And that's uh, a lot of what I, that's a lot of my drive as a human is just like, okay, what, how am I going to push myself creatively and career wise? Um, Obviously I, I care about my relationships and the other areas of my life, but it's a big part of my life as, you know, being someone in their twenties and in LA who's left all my, family and friends behind, of course, that's one, uh, an important part of my life, you know, and I think a lot of other of my friends are in the same boat. So I I wanted to do a series where it's not about the love interest. Um, It's not about, I don't don't know what else, uh, millennial issues. It's It's really agents of shield. There's no Marvel inclusion here, no Spider-Man reveal. Yeah, no supernatural element. I'm so sorry, but <laughs> but I think female ambition is interesting and largely untold and especially in the in the painting field. So I think that's also cool and that's what a lot of people have responded to. They're like, "Oh, shit, I have never heard of this kind of story. Let's let's go for it." We get down to to the ultimate question: How can how can we find it? How can we find Imposter, and how can we contribute? You can go to our website www.impostertheseries.com. Uh, right now, we are in the middle of our massive crowdfunding campaign. Uh, we just finished week two. Honestly, we're doing so well. Like everyone is so excited about it. Uh, we've gotten so many uh, contributions, and we're this campaign will end like July eighth. So we're truly kind of in the middle. Um, so by contributing, you're becoming a part of the creation of this project. And of course, we're offering all sorts of uh, like actual incentives and, and perks. 
Um, and if you become a part of the fam, you know, you will be updated on the whole process. So it's just a really cool way. Crowdfunding is a really cool way to build a community and an audience around something. And that's why, even though it's hard and and scary and vulnerable, I really wanted to go that route versus just having a cool idea and looking for investors. I, I really wanted to kind of tell people about it and just bring them on our team while we raise the money. And I feel like once you put in that dollar, you are that much more invested in its uh, success. So that's also very important to just build that fan base and that community. Organically producing a film like Eric's film, a series like this can certainly have its benefits and advantages. And so one more time for the people out there. So maybe that they too can join the the crew. It's www.impostertheseries.com. Mm-hmm. Correct. All right. Well, well, thank yeah. you so and much. If you, and if you contribute enough, you, you can be credited as a producer. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. If you could on here. Yeah, I know. If you if you <laughs> if you contribute a thousand dollars, you become an associate producer. If you contribute two thousand five hundred, you become a co-producer. And if you are an MVP and you contribute five thousand dollars, you become the executive producer of one of the episodes. And that's just that's not just a credit. Like we will try to involve you as much as we can. So you know, just look at that. And if you want to get more involved in these kinds of projects, that's a great opportunity. And honestly, we're a fun bunch. So if you want to get involved. So at $6,000 is where I can label myself uh, the bullshit producer or the copy producer, as earlier mentioned. (laughs) Is that where where it stands? We'll create that category just for you. Yes. Yes. All right. I just want to. I just want to. I, I want to reset pers- perspective before we close out this this discussion and this interview. Um, any 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 dollar helps, right? It doesn't have to be five thousand. Oh, certainly, certainly, yeah. And we have different. You know, incentives are kind of prizes. So if you put fifty dollars, you're going to get something. If you put a hundred dollars, you're going to get something. So it, the minimum we put is ten dollars, and you basically get a thank you on social media. It doesn't have to be thousands. Obviously, the more the better. But if you just can give 15, 20, 100, like that's amazing. And we love you for it. Well, there we go. Thank you so much, Veronica. It's been an absolute pleasure. Do you uh, do you mind sticking around for, for a little st- couple stupid games that, uh, that we usually play around these parts? <laughs> yeah, I'd love to. Can't wait. All Let's right. do it. Let's move along here. On the regular rotation, we come back round to Fun Factoid. And I have an interesting we'll fact. We'll be coming back to Fun Factoid when we come. We're coming now. Sure, yeah. Um, the most... <laughs> there are lots of popular sports around the world. If you go to many different countries, 90% of them, it's the most popular sport is soccer or some different kind of quote-unquote football, like Gaelic football or Australian football or American football or rugby football. Technically, that is the the actual name of rugby. Um, But the most popular sport in the country of Bhutan or Bhutan, uh, Bhutan, I think. What about Butane? (laughs) Is archery. Isn't that interesting? It's Mm, like there are a regular bunch of Robin Hoods out there in Bhutan. 
Uh, yeah. Okay. Fascinating. I have for my fun factoid, when you snap your fingers, the sound is created by your finger hitting the palm of your hand. True story. Try it out. I, I mean, I am familiar with this, but are no, I that blew my mind, man. I'm I'm <laughs> being a hundred percent sincere with you. When I researched that fact, it absolutely astounded me. Hold on, this is this is a double. That's with two fingers. Oh, I see. I was wondering yeah. you you did like four. That no longer counts as a double. That's like a quadruple. But no, no, no. The two fingers at the same with, time. Thank you, thank you. You're welcome. Let's move along. We go to our once more, and since we are actually recording on Father's Day or Daddy's Day for you naughty kittens out there, when uh, we are going to... <laughs> oh, wow. Welcome to Pow Wow, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Pow Wow. We celebrate Daddy's Day. <laughs> pull up a log and sit down don't pull up the log not in front of everybody not not in front of everybody make sure everybody's okay with your log before you pull out said log i don't know how we got derailed so easily but we are going to go to best dads in cinema that is our goal for for today's once more hoffman would you like to start i believe when we when we came to heads upon this this uh, meeting you came up with like seven i was like yeah, whoa, I mean, whoa, whoa, whoa i've got like three I look, okay this is what happened i was trying to think of some uh, and both my i was like at first i couldn't think of any i thought of mufasa and then mm. I had my my sister and my mom both like I had them texting me suggestions and I was like, these are all great. And then I have some funny uh. ones thrown in there. So the first one is definitely Mufasa. I'll give you the second one because it's kind of in the same uh, same universe. Okay. Not really the same universe at all. Darth Vader. Excellent father. Again. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Everything okay, your the first. land touches. Mine is... Yondu, he's this is probably this is the best dad in cinema for me. It's Yondu and Guardians of the Galaxy one and two. I I realized watching the first Guardians of the Galaxy, you might not think of that of him in that particular role. Guardians of the Galaxy two uh, helps to fulfill him in that role. I and I don't know yeah. if you need to have daddy issues in order to fully appreciate that film, but Guardians of the Galaxy two almost made me cry, and that's coming from a harsh film critic. I it hit me yeah, at the right time. Wow. Don't know if that's that was the issue, but uh, I'm going with Yondu. Back to you. All right, this one comes at comes at you from Game of Thrones. This is Ned Stark. If you've watched Game of Thrones or or even better, mm. read the books, Ned Stark is uh, he's a top top dad. And then <laughs> this next one, I think everyone can agree on this one. This one is Marlin from Finding Nemo. Oh wow! I that's mean, good. is there is there a better dad? Uh, hard to say, man. Again, I would argue Yondu, but you're you're correct. Um, <laughs> if we go to, uh, if I'm going all throughout cinema and entertainment, which is where I took this, we go to that '70s show, and oh. Red Red the Father, who will put a foot up anybody's ass who comes between him and his family. God bless him. Uh, certainly a man of his time, and I will say Red from that '70s show is a fantastic father. Great. Um, I have, uh, Terminator. 
in oh in, good lord in Terminator Two Judgment Day. <laughs> In an abstract way to a kid who's never had a dad. Very interpretive. Yeah. (laughs) Good lord. All right, you you go. Or should I do the? Here, I'll give you my last my last two. Here, these are these are serious. Um, Have you seen the movie About Time? Uh, With Domhnall Gleeson and Rachel McAdams. Yes, yes, I have. Yes, and the men can the men in this family can can travel back in time. And yes. it's not like a sci-fi movie. It's like a, it's a, it's a beautiful film. I love that film so much. And the dad, um, he has no, I, as far as I could find on the internet, he has no character name. His character name is Dad, and is played by Bill Nye. And oh my God, I he's just such a great actor and such a great character and a wonderful dad in this movie. And I, I highly recommend you go watch this movie. So go ahead. There you go. And, and my, then, oh, you no, know, I'm sorry. You had one more. I'm sorry. Yes, I'm one sorry. more. Mrs. Doubtfire is my last one. Mm, wow, that is a good one. Wow, very nicely done. Yeah. I, I don't even think I need to say anything about it. Just you, if you've seen it, you know. If you know, you know. My la- my last one is Giorgio Moroder. Do you know who Giorgio Moroder is? Hoffman? I do not. I do not. How dare you? He was dubbed the father of disco. Marauder is credited with, credited with pioneering Euro disco and electronic dance music. Because anybody mm. named the father of disco deserves to be amongst the best dads in all of the entertainment. Because disco is back, baby. Mm. Yes, it is. We get to the game section of the podcast. We have been graciously reunited with Veronica. Thank you so much for joining us again for for these very meaningful to us games, but in light of everything <laughs> else and, and all the important stuff, they're just silly little games. Um, but thank you for joining us again, Veronica. Yeah, thank you for having me. I, I feel like I'm going to lose by far. I don't know why. <laughs> kind of oh, scared, but no, let's no. go for it. <laughs> uh, Veronica, we we have up and down records. I have mostly a losing record. You just have to beat Hoffman and you will be golden and love and adored on this podcast. <laughs> That's all that I ask of you. And uh, and we'll see if we can get the uh, the participating audience involved. No, no bias here. <laughs> no bias whatsoever. <laughs> it's a completely clean game. And speaking of which, the game that we decided, since you are joining us to help promote your project of imposter this series we came up mm-hmm. with a little imposter game so Ooh. me and david both have groups of things people items you name it groups of things that all go together and it will be up to the two other people who have to listen to the person who lists the things uh, to decide which one of those items does not belong in the group. It'll make sense as we go along. Hoffman, are you ready to go face-to-face, head-to-head against Veronica? I am. I am. All right, Veronica. Absolutely. Bring it on. Absolutely. Veronica, I'll list the things, and I'll have David go first. So that way you, uh, you can... Uh, Join us along here. It, I'm making it far more complicated than it needs to be. <laughs> Got it. Okay. All right. For my first subject, we go to my favorite film, The Titanic, and we're going to go to Titanic characters. These are all characters within the film <laughs> Titanic. Okay. One of them is not. It is your job to find out which one is not. First name, Spicer Lovejoy. Second name, Wow. Thomas Andrews. 
Third name, Liz Mavis. And fourth name, Ruth Bucater. Again, that's Spicer Lovejoy, Thomas Andrews, Liz Mavis, Ruth Bucater. David, which one of those names does not belong on the Titanic characters? I think I, I watched it a couple weeks ago, actually, and I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm just going to go with, and I think this may be wrong, but, but Thomas Andrews. Okay. He, the rest of them all sound familiar. Okay. Thomas Andrews, he says, uh, with slight, slight research done, even though he had no knowledge <laughs> that this question would be coming. Veronica, when's the last time you watched Titanic? Man, uh, years and years and years ago. Oh. I just find it adorable, David, that you watched it a few weeks ago. I don't know why. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you watched Titanic in your free time? That's of cute. Course yeah, he did. Of Veronica, course. of course he did. It's a it's an absolute <laughs> classic. It's a it's a it's a Monet of our time, Veronica. Shame on you it for is. for making fun of him for it. Shame, <laughs> I say. <laughs> All right, how uh, with your years ago research into the matter, which one do you say does not belong on that list? Honestly, I want to say the first name. That's an absurd name, and I don't remember. Yeah, Yeah, what is that? Okay. All right. I don't know if I'm wrong. You both are incorrect. Thomas Andrews and Spicer Lovejoy are both a part of the cast and crew here. Liz Mavis was the absolutely ordinary Mm. name that slipped through your guys' peripheral. All right. (laughs) I okay. took the liberty to look at uh, Veronica's Facebook likes since I didn't know you before doing this. And so I tried to give you a home field advantage question here, Veronica, that I hope meets your requirements. I have mm. How I Met Your Mother characters. Face If Facebook lied to me that you liked How I Met Your Mother, <laughs> blame your profile. So we will go with How I Met Your Mother characters, and we will start with Veronica. The first name that you have to determine whether or not is there is Tracy McGrady. Second name is Judy Erickson. Third name, Stella Zinman. And fourth name, Sandy Rivers. Again, that's Tracy McGrady, Judy Erickson, Stella Zinman, or Sandy Rivers. Veronica, which of those names does not belong on the How I Met Your Mother characters? I want to go with the first one, Tracy. Tracy McGrady? Yes, her. All right. Yep. And Hoffman, which one of those do you select? I am 99% sure I know the answer to this, and it is Tracy McGrady. You both Ooh. are on the board with one correct one. Tracy McGrady is a basketball all-star. And um, Nice. Yes, absolutely. We move on. And now that I'm trying to give David the same courtesy of giving him a home field advantage, we're going to go to famous joggers, since you love to run, Hoffman. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't mean I, I know. And we move along. No need to respond joggers. at all. Hoffman. Uh, the first name is <laughs> the first name is Jin Wen. Jin Wen. Second name Jesse Owens. Third name Abebe Bikala. And fourth name Catherine Switzer. One more time. That's Jin Wen. Jesse Owens. Abebe Bicola or Catherine Switzer. David, let's go to you first since you obviously have a favorable Um, knowledge in this subject matter. I'm going to go with Catherine Switzer. Catherine Switzer, number four. Just because. Just just because, even though you you probably know this off the back of your hand since you follow. She sounds like a shot put, shot put kind of person. (laughs) Veronica? I'll go with the same one. I don't know why. I feel like the other people are actual great 
joggers. <laughs> yes, Jesse Owens, of course. He, you, everybody right. knows that he's uh, that one's probably the gimme. But Jin Wen was the one that I made up. Oh. I have no idea who, what, or why I would even put that person there. And I'm surprised that Hoffman was not able to discover that one out. So you guys are tied at one correct answer <laughs> oh, a piece. We move along to a film that I actually was on that I believe last I saw was on Netflix. It's a movie called The Imposter. And I'm going to give you a list of characters here. None of them are named Philip. So, you know, look away for, for an easy call here. But the first name, and we're going to go to, we are going to go to uh, David here. Or excuse me. No, Veronica. Veronica, since you are mm -hmm. an expert in all things imposter. First name <laughs> is Carrie Gibson. One is Beverly Dollarhide. Third name is Frederick Burden. And fourth name is Jenny Manns. Again, that's hmm. Carrie Gibson, Beverly Dollarhide, Frederick Bourdin, and Jenny Manns. Which one of those is not an actual character in the film The Imposter? So I don't know if I've seen this movie, to be honest. Oh, um, I doubt you a lot have. Of... Oh, okay. <laughs> I highly doubt you have. It was a direct great, Netflix great, great. film. Uh, um, I will go with the last one because I just found, find the last name Manns so weird. Um, I just hope they didn't create a character with that name. <laughs> uh, we go to you, Hoffman. I'm going to give you credit here, Phil, for hopefully coming up with the very intriguing, interesting name, Beverly Dollarhide. Beverly Dollarhide. I think that's, that's <laughs> got you written all over it. Unfortunately, <laughs> one of you did sniff out my answer, and it is Veronica. Veronica, <gasps> oh, Jenny hey. Manns is not a correct person on here. Beverly Dollarhide is is not only a real character, it's a real person. Somebody was birthed with the name Dollarhide. Wow. <laughs> Enjoy that life. Good uh, for them. Absolutely. Wow. Finally, we move on. And I'm going to, of course, since we have a, a guest here, I'm always going to give them the hometown advantage more so than, than Hoffman. We move on to a, a musical album called Imposter. It came out in 2005, and I'm looking for the collaborators on the oh album, my God. the collab. I'm learning so much. Just saying, this is like my research for yes. my own thing. <laughs> I, I do nothing if not to aim to give you background information, Veronica. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And uh, we're going to go to Hoffman first on this one. All the collaborators on the album that came out in 2005 called Imposter. Uh, first name. Wow. Kenny Max. Lord Byron Hagen. Mark Rodriguez, oh, excuse me, Mark Rockriguez, and last name is okay. Dave Namfo. Uh, again, that's Kevin Max, Lord Byron Hagen, Mark Rockriguez, and Dave Namfo. Hoffman, which is the <laughs> fake name? That's me first. Um, I'm going to go with Dave Namfo. Okay. And we go, to, we go to you, Veronica. Which is the fake name? I think the first one, because it's too simple compared to the other ones. I'm just being logical so that I do not know any of these things. <laughs> oh, you're so. telling me you don't know the innocuous 2005 <laughs> album called The Imposter? Come on, Veronica. No, but I should. 
Unfortunately, Hoffman, you absolutely sniffed it out. Any uh, any idea where the I'm, name Dave Namfo came from? It's literally my last name spelled backwards. Dang it! <laughs> Stop! Oh my god, that's really you sneaky. You think I couldn't figure that out? I Come wish on. you I wish you had it, but yes, you're absolutely correct. I tried to slip that in there, and that means that you both are tied, leading me. To my tiebreaker, I'm really glad we made it to this this week. You guys are tied it to a pace. Um, since David came up to the plate and tied it up himself, we will go to him first in this tiebreaker. Of course, Veronica, you will follow him after that. Let's go mm-hmm. total length of time in the Imposter album in variance of minutes. So the closest without going over. Second person, which would be Veronica here, you must give a leeway of at least three minutes away from Hoffman's answer. So Hoffman, mm. set the tone. Remember, closest without going over. Hmm. Okay. I'm going to say 41 minutes. 41 minutes. So, Veronica, we go to you. You must go at least, at least 38 minutes or 44 minutes and you can go any which way you want off of that. Okay. Um, I will say you, an hour and three over, minutes. Oh. You can't go over what? You can't go over the, the actual answer. Correct. Right, Phil? Correct. Okay. If you go over, you automatically lose. Oh, snap. Okay. Um, or at least 53 minutes. 53 final minutes. answer. <laughs> final okay. answer, she says. And one of you, both of you have not gone over. Okay, great. Which means, Veronica, you fulfilled your destiny. Yes! Oh, my God. That's how I wanted. You almost nailed it, Veronica. 56 minutes and three seconds. Your research has done you well. God bless you, and long may you prosper. You have defeated the evil upon this land that is known as David (laughs) Namfo, or Namfo, whatever his name is. (laughs) Wow, I'm honored Uh, for this title. Yes. Okay, Ooh, keep it up so because now now you gotta you gotta uh, sort of dish it out back to Phil. My game has <laughs> okay. a little bit less of a theme to it, and Phil's gonna hate that. <laughs> Here we go. Your first category is Oscar-winning actresses. Okay. Number one, okay. Halle Berry. Number two, mm-hmm. Hilary Swank. Number three, Felicity Jones, and number four, Kate Blanchett. So wait, am I telling you which one has not won you an Oscar? You're telling me which one has not won an Oscar. Damn. Okay, can you? So it's Halle Berry, Hillary Swank. Yeah, Halle Berry, Hillary Swank, Felicity Jones, or Kate Blanchett. So I will Veronica, go with go Felicity Jones. Oh, great, <laughs> Felicity Jones. All right, Felicity Jones and Phil. I think it's Kate Blanchett. If I remember correctly, I believe Felicity Jones won for Theory of Everything. I know she was nominated. Oh, God. Maybe you're right. Is that your final answer? Oh, yes. Yes. Kate Blanchett. Okay. Well, congratulations, Veronica. You're off to a flaming, fiery, amazing start. (gasps) Uh, Kate Blanchett has won an Oscar. I believe she's won a couple, actually. Dang it. And Felicity Jones was nominated. She did not win for the Theory of Everything. Mm. Second second group here, counties in California. What? A okay. Home away from home for mm. all three of us. Yes. Counties in California. Sierra County, Nevada County, Mendocino County, and Queens County. 
and it goes to Phil, me we'll first. go to you first. Yeah, one more time, just just quickly. All right. Sierra County, Nevada County, Mendocino County, and Queens County. <sighs> Man, that is so tough. I Every fiber of my being says Queens, but I don't think I'm going to go with it because that just sounds so appropriate for Hoffman and his, and his shady self. I'm going to go with Sierra. And Veronica. I think Nevada County. Never heard of that. And I feel like, uh, yeah, okay. that's the wrong one. Well, you're both wrong. Mm. It's oh. uh, Sierra County and Nevada County both exist. They are both in the Sierra Nevadas, I presume. And Nevada County is, you guessed it, on the border with Nevada. Uh, it was Queens County. <laughs> Queens it. County does oh. not exist. <sighs> there is a Kings County. Oh my God! That's discrimination right there. Veronica, I'm, I know, right? Um, all right, Veronica, you are one point. Phil, you have zero points so far. Veronica, do you do you have you ever in your life followed soccer? Uh, yes. You know, sorry, that was my response because everyone at home does, and everyone here asks me if I do, and the answer is barely. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, same. you know. Same. Okay, I, I, I get into it during the World Cup and the Euros, and right now it's the Euros. Uh, yes. So that's why so I, I've heard. I'm in the spirit, I guess. <laughs> Countries that have won the FIFA World Cup. Oh, good lord. Oh, God. Okay. Portugal, Germany, Italy, and Uruguay. And we'll go to you first, Veronica. Oh, my God. Okay, wait. Germany, Portugal, Uruguay, Italy, and Italy? And yeah, that's correct. I am gonna go with Portugal. Oh dang it! Okay, I was and thinking. Phil? I was leaning there, but it's either there or Uruguay. I'm. Is this where I take my point? No, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Uruguay with all the conviction in the world. <laughs> Uruguay actually won the first ever Dang World it. Cup. Uh, Boom. Portugal was correct. Oh, Portugal was yes. Correct. So good lord, wow. it is two zero to you, Veronica. Well, well done. Wow, and my family's probably super you, happy that I know this. I'm sure. I'm sure. Germany and Italy have both won four times. <laughs> I knew that. Okay. And all right, so this is uh, Olympic sports. Hmm. Um, number one, because the Olympics are coming up, right? Where it's mm-hmm. tis the season. Okay, number one, soccer, polo, golf, and rowing. And Phil, we go to you first. Well, let's go with Veronica first because since she's two above me, I the only way I have to catch okay. her. Okay. Yeah. Mm. All right. Okay. Uh, dang. Soccer, polo, golf, and rowing. Wait, I think this I know is this. Polo with the horses, not water polo. Yeah. Just to be clear. Okay. I think it's golf. <laughs> I think so. I don't know. Golf. That's what I'm gonna go with. Okay. And Phil? Alright, she's locked into golf. I'm pretty sure golf actually is an Olympic sport as stupid as that is. I'm gonna go it. with Oh, it's I don't think it's polo. I wanna say Soccer. I don't think soccer is an Olympic sport. Phil, I'm so sorry. Soccer is an Olympic sport. Um, <laughs> is it polo? Yeah. Damn it. Uh, polo. Polo oh. is the one that's not. 
Perhaps it should be, though. Wow. I mean, dressage is, and that involves horses, right. and it's much less sporty than oh. That would be so fun to watch, too. Like, I why, know, I why know. is it not in the Olympics? Hmm. Polo's fantastic. All right. So, Veronica, you have one, but for Phil's dignity, we're going to go to the last the last question here. Animals native to Australia. The kangaroo. <laughs> the randomest. The kangaroo, the dingo, the python, and the ostrich. Which one is not native to Australia? Which one of these is the imposter in Australia? Am I going first? Um, I suppose it doesn't really matter, but why not? Okay. Um, I'm going to go with Python. And I, too, will follow in Veronica's well-educated <laughs> steps. That one clinged out to me as well. Python. Uh, both wrong, actually. Oh. Python, uh, Python, Pythons are native to Australia. My, my aunt, who lives in, in Australia, regularly finds them in her backyard Ooh. or in Ooh. her like in her garage. And oh, uh, every time she lets her dog out to pee, she has to go with her dog. Yeah, um, I bet. Yeah. Good lord. Uh, ostrich was the correct answer. Ostriches are not native to Australia. Oh. Emus are very similar. But oh, that's right. Are not native to Australia. I believe they are mm. there now. But there you go. Oh God, I was very shut very out. nice. What a pathetic outing by me. Way to go, bro. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Oh. <laughs> You see, you see, you see what we're saying. We we don't do well in these <laughs> No, I'm surprised at myself. I'm and, very proud. And you won. You yes, you, you performed won fantastically. You you <laughs> scored what? It, well done. I well am done. an imposter expert after all. Absolutely, absolutely. absolutely yep. If nothing else, we know this to be true. Speaking of which, <laughs> why don't you go ahead and give us one last plug about where to find Imposter the series, uh, how we can help and contribute and and help get it up to its feet. Yes. All right. So everyone go to www.impostertheseries.com and please support and contribute what you can. And yeah, let's make this series together. Absolutely. Become even if, even if you can't contribute financially, even if you give it a share, that's uh Yeah, if you share it with helpful. your friends on social media, that's so helpful. Just having it be everywhere in the internet ether just helps uh just people noticing it and being like oh this is something people are talking about and that really is of massive help so please do uh share well veronica it has been a massive pleasure to have you on the podcast thank you so much for your time for your indulgence of our uh, little games <laughs> and most of all thank you for beating hoffman at my game I, I very much appreciate that <laughs> and beating you just saying well i don't yes. appreciate that but but thank you for for joining us and you're giving nothing us if not fair veronica you're, you're just so exactly fair oh, well. all right thank you guys for having me super fun and with that heartbreaking defeat, I go down to a record of six and ten, and David slips down as well to seven and nine. Feel on the bass, feel on the bass. Oh, oh, that slaps. That's what we're talking. That's what we're talking. Oh, I love me some that slaps. I always do. The intro always gets me. Mm. Anyways, we talk about that slaps. Of course, the entertainment of the week that we absolutely define as slappable. I'm going to go with mine uh, since we are looking at uh, 
And since we had the absolute luxury to have Veronica on today, I went with imposter-themed song. And thus, thus, I'm going with the song Freaky Friday by Lil Dicky and Chris Brown. Because they switch okay. bodies and they are imposters in one another's bodies. I love it. And it's actually a, a little bit of a beat. It's a bit of a story. Still doesn't mean it doesn't slap. That slaps. Okay. Well, I have been listening to a song this week. Not a new song. I just love it. And it's fantastic. And it's by a Dutch artist. That's uh, that's new for that slaps. Hey, you're not Dutch, but you live in Dutch areas. Yes, thank you for getting that right. Um, I am I am plugging Sunny Days by Armin van Buren. And it is it is a fantastic song. It's like so easy to listen to. And I know you guys listen to this segment and 99% of the time you probably go, oh, cool, he suggested a song, but I'm not going to listen to it. And I know that most of you probably haven't haven't checked out the playlist, but I'm telling you, check out this song. It's called Sunny Days by Armin van Buren. It's fantastic. You will love it. I promise you. Go check it, it out. It slaps. Your, it will slap your eardrums into... Oh, God. He's actually slapping himself. He is dedicated <laughs> about this, people. If you don't go and listen to this... You go and listen to this song. <laughs> he, will, he will go out and slap himself on Instagram daily until you do. So please, uh, okay, all that well. is holy. <laughs> no, no, David, I understand. You will sacrifice <laughs> it all so that way they will listen to it. Please, for the sake of this man's strong underchin, please go listen to the Van Buren. Sunny days makes me feel fine. Uh, yeah, something else, but okay. <laughs> As always, thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed having Veronica on the podcast. We both certainly did, and uh, maybe maybe we'll bring her bring her back on for a, for a once more or for a game once uh, Imposters is uh, Imposter. Sorry, is uh, is finished. Imposter the that series, Sam. And, and we Imposter the series. I'm very excited for it. Uh, before she gets famous, we'll we'll bring her back on. Anyway, we have some thank yous yeah. to throw out. Obviously, to thank you to Veronica for coming on. Thank you to Cass and Crossland and to Jake Corlang for our wonderful music on this show. We couldn't do it without you. Thank you to Tara Amstutz for all of her wonderful graphic design work. We try to incorporate it everywhere we can. And of course, to Josh Hans for the added production elements that you hear and have heard for the past couple of weeks and will continue to hear more of uh, going into the future. Once again, thank you for listening. You know where to find us and tell your friends. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on iHeartRadio. And we are on Google Podcasts. Still no Pandora, but who needs it, right? And find us on our socials. We are at powwow underscore podcast on Instagram. Check us out. You know what bear tastes like? Tastes like chicken. <laughs> <laughs>